I'm Amon Green, and welcome to the UK's podcast. I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the UK Packer Podcast. It's your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. Great podcast for you today. Uh, on the podcast, I sat down with none other than a man green. He's broken all kinds of Packer records. So as a running back, he is the most rushing yards in Packers history. He's the most rushing yards at Lambeau, the most rushing yards in a game, the longest run from scrimmage with 98 yards against Denver, and the most rushing yards in a season. The guy's been there, done it all. Drafted by the Seahawks. Uh, he played ball 98-99 in Seattle. And then, of course, he was brought down to the Packers for six seasons. He played with Brett Favre. Had a little hiatus off with the Texans. And then came back to the Packers in 2009 to play with none other than Aaron Rodgers. So, I sat down with a man. A guy who ran hard throughout his career. And I asked him all kinds of questions, including... You know, what's the difference between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers? What type of gags did Brett Favre play in you? And in that game against Oakland, just, you know, it was 24 hours after Brett Favre's father passed away. It was so emotionally charged. A man played in that game. And I got a real sense of him, what it was like in the locker room. But to begin with, I asked the man Green, you know, why did he run so hard? How was he so tough in the NFL? Was his upbringing a tough one? Did he get knocked around and bullied? And this is a real treat. Listen to his answers. They threaten you in any way, then you you got you got the right to uh, protect yourself, pretty much. So a lot of my fights were because of that. But the school, the one guy, his name was Gregory. I never forget it. He is actually a gang, a supposed gang member, um, bigger kid. You know, he had, you know he was, looked like he had worked out a little bit, and you know I was athletic. You know, I played baseball, football, basketball at the time, and and I was kind of like the I kind of got along with everybody in the school and. One day he came up to me, I can't remember, it was like lunchtime or recess, and and he was in my face a little bit, and, and he's like, uh, I'm gonna, you know, let's fight after school or whatever. I'm like, all right, it's kind of like one of them, yeah, out of a movie, you know, one of them kids' movies where the school bully comes up to the one kid that, <laughs> that you least expect to fight or to actually win a fight, and he picked me. But, um, so yeah, we met about right after school, and <laughs> At 3 o'clock when school let out and got outside of school property, so I guess we won't get suspended. And yeah. uh, just kind of looked at each other and talked about each other for a minute, talked tra- trash to one another. And then he, he threw the first punch and he missed, and that's when I uh, basically dodged the punch and was able to counter him and, and caught him in the jaw. And we kind of exchanged some blows from there, and then it was over. You know, everybody was like kind of just in shock that I. <laughs> That I didn't back down from him. I didn't, I didn't run from him either. That I sat there and threw punches with him. And I think the more impressive thing that I think my friends and you know were all and all the people that was watching the fight was like, hey, Amon didn't back down from this guy, you know, and, and fought him. And uh, technically, you know, I won. And I don't know if I won or lost, but hey, I wasn't. I was standing at the end of the fight. I'll say that. That's a winner. That's a winner right there. That's a textbook win. That's one of the yeah. win calls. Exactly. So yeah, that was probably the only time I've been bullied on any occasion outside of that it wasn't really you know kids stayed out my way I I stayed you know to myself and my close-knit friends that I had through junior high and high school Um, no that was about it yeah because I mean your running style you ran hard you played tough 
So you naturally just had that sort of ability to do that. It wasn't an inbuilt aggression in you that just sort of felt that you had to punish people. You you just sort of calm, collected, and just ran hard because you were good at it, was it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I learned early playing football in Los Angeles, and then when I came back to Nebraska in high school, and, or Little League high school, and then obviously college, I you know, watching my favorite running backs play, you know, Walter Payton, Bo Jackson, um, Marcus Allen, them guys, they ran hard, you know, and it wasn't yeah. like they hated the guys. They just that's that's what you had to do as a running back, and that's how I took to it. And a lot of people did ask me, you know, did you do you not like that guy? Why you hit him like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's like it's basically it's business. By the time I got to Green Bay and you know and drafted to Seattle before that, yeah, I was, oh, it's part of it's part of my job. I gotta run guys over, or I gotta juke them, or I gotta get around them to score touchdowns or get a first down. I was like, so. It's it's all business. It's not nothing personal because a lot of guys that either I knew that watched my games or even fans like you guys, they were like, do you not like so-and-so? I'm like, no, he, <laughs> he was just in my way. <laughs> he needed to get out of my way. So I, I put my, I did what I needed to do to get him out of my way. I hate to think what you do to someone you didn't like. If that's what you do to someone when it's business, what would you do to someone that you hated? Jesus. Well, well, one guy, I got a good story behind that. That I get asked that. It's like, so what happens? You know, that just like right, like you just said, what happens when you are mad or going after somebody? So yeah. it happened few times. Um, and actually, the same guy. <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was crazy. And uh, the irony behind it, he actually was on my one of my college teammates. Yeah. And you'll, you'll kind of remember the name, uh, Mike Brown. He was a strong safety for the Bears. Yeah. And uh, from like 2000 to 2003, maybe 2004. And, you know, he remember, he was a Pro Bowl safety, solid player. He played with me at Nebraska. He came uh, to Nebraska when he was a freshman. I was a sophomore, so I was kind of took him under my wing, you know, being a younger player. Yeah. And so, yeah, he knew me from college. We went to school together. We won a national title together. So we get drafted, and he's a Bear. I'm a Packer. I get traded to the Packers. And he, he get drafted as a bear, so I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna play against Mike twice a year. Yeah. So what he be what he started doing though, right off the bat, and he did it just I guess to get himself going, motivated. He would trash talk during pregame. Yeah. He he would find me out of the bunch, and he knew <laughs> what I was gonna do. And, you know, I was gonna run hard, and I wasn't gonna trash talk about it. And but he got in my face, man. Every pregame, every game in Lambo. Every game that we played them down in Soldier Field, it didn't matter. He was going to trash talk in pregame to get me. I guess he was trying to get in my head, and all he did was basically piss me off. Yeah. And so it was personal when I went after him. In the, in the, he was a defensive back, so he, you know, by the time I got to the second level, and he wore number 30, so it was easy to remember. <laughs> I was 30, I'm about to kill him. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, and he knew me. So that was the part that I didn't understand. He he knew I if somebody would try to rattle my cage that you know it was gonna it was not it wasn't gonna be good for that person. But he decided he wanted to do that, so that was definitely a reason and one person I went after uh constantly. And then it was easy because it was Bears Packers. Yeah. It was a Packer Packer rivalry, so that made it all the better. No, fair play. I mean and going back, you were, as you said, you, you got into everything. You played football, baseball, uh, and you were a track star. You still hold the 10th fastest time in Nebraska. Uh, for what is it? Is it the 100 meters? Yes. 
Yes. So why why football? Why did you decide that you were going to become a football player? And why running back? Now, I know you have the legs for it, but wide receiver, you know, would that not have been an option? That You know what? When I was younger, I played that one year at Little League. I did. Uh, it was an option because I, I took pride in catching the ball, too. Yeah. Um, I followed, you know, Red Jerry Rice, Steve Largent, uh, Art Monk, you know, older players from the 80s and the 90s that all very well so I took pride in that as well so yeah I played I actually played wide receiver my eighth grade year in Little League before I moved back to from California to Nebraska uh but yeah once I I say for me what came down to is a couple of things it was my two brothers older brothers they both play they both play running back when they're in high school yeah and, and um I played baseball all the way through high school and then I played I ran track as well but I had to pick one because, you know, they're during the same time of the year. They're during the springtime here in uh, the U.S. So I ended up picking track because everybody was pushing me. Hey, Amon, you're fast. You know, we need that speed on the track. You know, they're not telling me that stuff. So I was like, okay. So I ended up dropping baseball for that. And that's kind of where baseball kind of ended for me. But I had a chance. I had guys uh, interested in my baseball play. I was a uh, center field, left field, right field player. I batted lefty. And uh, I did get some interest from uh, Major League or one of um, the Royals at the time when I was in high school. Yeah. So, yeah, I had an opportunity. But, yeah, just football just kind of weighed his ugly head. But when I think about it, I was like, man, if I would have just sat and been a little bit more patient, I think I should have did the baseball thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out quite well for you. You went on to college, Nebraska Cornhuskers, two championships, uh, 12 consecutive 100-yard games. Your yards average is just insane, 7.7 yards per carry in your freshman year. And I think that was the record, I think, at the time. Probably still is. Yeah. Yeah, sophomore, the same, 917 yards. But you were hit then, probably. Was that your first injury, turf toe? Was that the first one that kind of stopped you from having some game time? Yeah, that was the first major injury I had. and was uh, more uh, being impatient, pushed it too fast between myself and the and the training staff thought I could get out on the toe um, sooner than later. And it's actually an injury that you got to give it time. You can't try to push it and try to still play on it. Like some injuries you could play with, you know, a shoulder injury or something with your hand maybe or elbow. But turf toe is an injury you definitely got to give. You got to be off your foot. And to describe turf toe, if you look at your hand and you look at your thumb, just imagine you broke your thumb. Yeah did something to it. So that thumb, you realize how important the thumb is to the other four fingers. So that basically what happened. I, I didn't break my big toe, but it's, I sprained it very bad in the joint, in the big joint. And that right there just throws every, throws everything off from cutting to pressing down to trying to decelerate or accelerate. Yeah. It brings a lot of pain and it, oh man, it sucks. And it's usually not a running back. Uh, injury it usually is a wide receiver or a defensive back um, injury because of all the planning and cutting they do but we do some too and the way it happened I was playing my sophomore year against Kansas State in uh, down in Manhattan Kansas and I was actually I got ran the ball I got tackled and I was at the bottom of the pile and I guess at the last second it was one of my uh, teammates um, offensive lineman was blocking one of their guys yeah. and he was just finishing it just happened it was just a just a bad play, just a wrong place, wrong wrong time. He blocked his guy. He did his job, blocked his guy. The guy fell down right on my foot and pushed my toe into the ground. Yeah. And that's when it happened, and I was like, game, 
three or four of the regular season that year. And uh, I missed the next game, and I think I played the next game after that, which I probably shouldn't. But like I said, came back too early, played on it. You know, that's why I still had like almost a thousand yards at nine hundred some yards. And then the last game of the year against Colorado, I ended up having a um, getting a stretch fracture in the same foot because of the station that I had was going on. You know, putting pressure on my other parts of my feet that foot that I shouldn't have been doing. So. Yeah. Did that worry you then, a man? Were you sort of thinking, you know, that because of the amount of injuries, would it sort of threaten your career going into the NFL, that that might sort of, you know, spark the interest in some scouts and they might sort of think that, you know, this guy's got a few injuries? Are you sort of really nervous in college, especially as you start to get towards the draft? Uh, no, you know what? No. I've been doing, you know, I've been playing football at that time for like 12 years since I was six. So, you know, now 12, 11 years, I was like 18, 19, 20 years old. So, no, I knew injuries are part of it, you know, big ones, little ones, small ones. You know, once the regular season started, I don't, I don't think I was ever healthy. I just played with a lot of stuff. You know, when I was, especially here in Green Bay, I played, I say once the regular season got going, after the first week of September, I was not 100%. Uh, yeah. But you, wouldn't, you guys wouldn't have known. You know, I played with a lot of stuff, shoulder, uh, back sore hammy, sore groin, sore ankle, but it was nothing that was going to keep me out of the game. Yeah. The only thing that was going to keep me out of the game was like a big major injury. You know, with the only one I had here in Green Bay was my right quad. I tore that in 2005. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than, um, other than every, I had a lot of stuff every year, all the time, but you guys, fans, I didn't want, you know, obviously we didn't talk about it because we didn't want guys from the other team knowing where I, where I was hurt, so... You want you're not going to broadcast that stuff. You're going to keep it under wraps. And is your body aching now? I mean, do you still hurt after football? Are you still sitting in your house and you get a twinge in your knee and go, "Oh, there it is. That's 2005, week six. That's what that is." <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I, I stay very active. I have a training facility facility called D1 Green Bay. Yeah. It's been uh, opened up for three and a half years. It'd be four years in October, and that keeps me active. I'm co-owner, and I coach some of the stuff there, classes and training people in different sports, kids and adults. We have adult boot camps. We have adult strength training, one-on-one training, um, sports-specific training for football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, rugby. We have a lot of soccer. We have all that in classes for the or sports training for kids and adults as well. So that's what keeps me going. It keeps me – I say the best thing is that I, the, I always love working out as a kid and even now. So I think that's the one thing that's kept me from having those, you know, those aches and pains that a lot of guys get after, after playing a physical sport like football or, or even rugby for that matter. Yeah. I mean, just that example there, I mean, after football, you didn't disintegrate, not knowing what you wanted to do. You didn't sort of, you know, start knocking on the doors of NFL.com trying to get in and write articles. You're a businessman. So what did you study in college, and did you always have sort of an exit strategy that, okay, football's not going to last forever, this is what I have to plan to do after? Yeah, I did. Um, I studied, I actually went in to study computer science or computer programming, yeah. and I changed my major because I didn't have enough time in my schedule to do all the classes, the caseloads that I need to get the degree, yeah. so I ended up doing, I ended up picking geography, <laughs> but that was just one of my favorite subjects, but something I needed. You know, I needed to, you know, have a major, so I picked that. You know, looking back, I thought I should have probably went like business because that's where I'm at now in the business world. Um, 
and I still have the dreams of getting my computer programming degree. So I think I still I might I have still have time to do that. So maybe one day get that. But yeah, I always had an end game. I had that, you know, in my head before I went to high school in terms of, you know, what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen in college. I mean, and you know, obviously you go to college, you you get I earned a scholarship, so that was a bonus. Yeah. But that is like, all right, you know, I gotta. I got two things that could happen once I'm done. You know, obviously one thing that's going to happen regardless is get my college degree, whatever it is. And then another one is I might have an opportunity to play, uh, you know, get drafted to the NFL. And, you know, if that don't work out, I still I still have an outside shot. At that time in my head, I still had an outside shot with playing baseball too. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that going into college. And uh, if either one didn't work out, then I'll just, you know, I have my degree and I'll fire and work from there. But, uh I had an opportunity. I was healthy. I, I showed something to NFL guys and somebody to, um, in Seattle. Actually, the GM that drafted me was uh, Randy Mueller. Yeah. And, uh, coaching, the coaching staff was uh, Dennis Erickson and his guys. They drafted me in the third round, so that's when I got my opportunity. And All I really wanted, I just wanted to play, play football and show guys that this kid from Nebraska is, a real, is the real deal. Yeah, because you went to Seattle, and it strikes me that you and Mike Sherman seem to cross paths an awful lot. So he was the offensive coordinator, am I right, in Seattle, and then he ended up moving to Green Bay when you came to Green Bay. What was Seattle like? Was it what you expected from college going into the pro game, or were you flabbergasted by, you know, the standard is much different, the way they operate is much different, that football now went from being a college and football thing to being an all-day, every-day, study-the-playbook, 9-5 to five, always working out, which you said you like doing, so that mustn't have been an issue. Was it very different than what you expected? Uh, it, was, it was different in a way with the players. Like, the players weren't that college player because in college, everybody was, like, team-driven. You know, you were, everybody knew their part of the team, and it was a team, and we're going to win this. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to win the big game if we're not playing together, yeah. you know. At that time in Seattle, it kind of felt you were more individual. You know, everybody was worried about you know, their contracts and their fam taking care of their families and more focused on them, themselves, instead of as the team. And we, we if you th if you think about it, if you as a team work together and be on the same page, you can, all that, uh, you know, take care of itself. You'll have money for your family. You'll be able to be some more successful for yourself in the long run, but you got to focus on the team first and play your part, you know. Yeah. So it kind of threw me off. And, and I remember, too, my first year, it was interesting how practice in the NFL was at that time for me way easier than practice in college football. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Why was that? It just wasn't wasn't hard. Like I remember my first day, the first week of practice of the regular season, the first practice I think I barely broke a sweat, and like this is it. <laughs> I was like, man, I remember at Nebraska, our Wednesday practice was one of our hardest practices of the week. Yeah. So and we're. So when I got through that through that first practice at Seattle, I just didn't. I was just like amazed that it wasn't not that hard. So, but yeah, it was a lot of little different things. I mean, even from the combine, you know, I thought that was kind of it's different now because you see it on TV. But I know back then it wasn't on TV. Yeah. And it, you know, going through different examinations, getting um, assessed, having X-rays and MRIs and CAT scans done of injuries that were over. 10, 12 years old since I was a kid. And so that that was their job to find out yeah. everything that, that might have happened to me up until, up until that time, which the only big thing that happened was my turf toe, like we just talked about. But all 30 
32 teams get to pick and prod and ask all the questions that they need to ask to find out what type of product that we are getting. So that's when I learned that, okay, this is going to be more business than, than, than anything between uh, the actual team, the people running the team and stuff like that. But, you know, once I played my second year in Seattle and then got traded to Green Bay, that's when I got back to that more team mentality, feeling like Nebraska being here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, because that's one thing that they always say about Green Bay is that, especially in the year that you moved, uh, Mike Sherman had got the atmosphere in the locker to be more united. And they always talk about, oh, the culture in the locker room had changed. It was much better. Would, did you notice that then? You went into the locker room where you all more, like you said, more of a team. That was completely evident from the very start, even though some of these players were big-time players, Donald Driver, Antonio Freeman, and, of course, Brett Favre. Yeah, it was, no, it was that from the jump. And uh, I felt it right away through the fans, through, you know, through you guys and the players, guys like uh, Dorsey Levins, William Henderson, Leroy Butler, Brett, um, Frankie, Frank Winters at the time, Mike Flanagan, Mike Wall, Marco Rivera, Mark Tauscher, and Chad Clifton. They got there. They got drafted there that year. And yeah. Other players on down the line were just, you know, it just felt like I was back in back in Lincoln again playing football, playing college football, but it was just at the pro level. And I knew, I knew I was in a pretty good spot. I knew I was in a real good spot. And is it a man at that stage where you established in your career that you had the confidence in your skill, you knew you were one of the boys? Or did you end up going to Green Bay and Brett Favre approaches and says, hey, Amon, how are you doing? Was any part of you going, Jesus, that's Brett Favre? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, because it, it, was, it was, you know, it was something I've been watching him play since I was a kid, watching him win a Super Bowl. A couple of years before that, and uh, and the, I say the cool part for me so far, I looked throughout my career. Actually, my rookie year in Seattle, I had opportunity to play with Warren Moon. Yeah, and I got traded here. I played with Brett, and then right before the end of my career, I got to play with Aaron too. So I think uh, I definitely could cross off uh, playing with decent, real good quarterbacks through my career because uh, I think we we uh, complemented each other. Because he made the he made the run game seem easy at times, and I made the pass game seem easy for him, with the, with the run game being good too. So it was a uh, good to have him, and I got off I got over the awe right away because I was like I can't be in, I can't be starstruck trying to trying to play football at the same time with this guy. So I got over that feeling right away. <laughs> yeah, and what type of relationship did the two of you had? Because if we look at Aaron Rodgers with his receivers. He's in the media a lot saying, you know, about the rookies. Ah, I had to throw him a hard pass just to test him, you know. Like, and it was that very sort of, you know, it was almost a father-son relationship he has with the receivers trying to bring them along. What was the relationship like with you and Brett Favre? Were you his buddies? Did you just chat much outside the game? Or was it, you know, pretty much all business? Um, it was, uh, we were buddies. He was buddies with everybody. He was buddies with me as well. We would, uh, I say once I really got comfortable, which was about 2001, 2002, you know, I got to know the city real well. I was comfortable in the offense by that time. And uh, then we started bouncing stuff off each other, you know, that we could do, you know, test out in practice to see, you know, a different mix of a play that might come that we've been running just to change it up because, you know, with defenses and defensive coordinators, they're all, you know, they're, they're built, they're get hired to stop offenses like us and guys like us. So we would throw different ideas off each other from, you know, on a different, doing something different on a run play or doing something different on a pass play, you know, checking different plays, checking out of plays and what I, what he might do 
prior to a snap, he'll tell me, you know, so I have an idea what is coming. You know, we might have a run play call, but if he see, he'll tell me if he saw somebody out of place on defense, he's going to switch it to a pass and hit the receiver, you know. So we became real comfortable with, with helping each other out with that because then that kept that kept us a step ahead ahead of everybody else that was facing us. Yeah, because uh, there's a few things, notable things that happened uh, throughout your time in Green Bay with Brett Favre. I think the one that really stands out for me is in 2003, there was the game against Oakland and Brett's dad had just passed away maybe a day before that. And, you know, it's in his documentary and it's, it was all over the media at the time that, you know, should he or shouldn't he play? And he played and apparently he went down into the locker room and gave just a really short speech saying that he's there for you and that he's going to do all he can. Do you remember that night, Will? And, you know, is that something that stands out in your mind from your time in Green Bay? Yeah, that, that, that was a big night for all of us as a team, you know. That was us having an opportunity to actually demonstrate what being a team is. You yeah. know, you you bring a, uh, your play, your teammate up by just going out there and doing your job, and you do your, your best way that we could have supported him that night was play our best, you know, regardless of what we didn't. At that was one time, one game, I could say that you didn't worry about getting hurt. You didn't worry about nothing else but playing hard and playing hard every single snap. And I think we played that. I think we, if it might have been 80, if it was 80 plays in that game, 80 plays were got played by 100% by everybody in that game. So when you have that, and what you guys saw as fans is the product of that. It's us guys coming together as a team even tighter because we knew the, the struggle and the, um, the tragedy that just happened in his family. And we knew he, he was going to play hard because we, we knew a lot of guys knew his dad. And I met him once or twice, and we knew that he was a guy that, you know, he always wanted Brett to play his best regardless, you know, being hurt or not. And that's why Brett didn't miss a whole lot of football. He played through the injuries and stuff like that. So we knew it was no doubt in our mind that he wasn't going to play. You know, if he didn't, it would probably have been something that because his family asked him to come home and Deanna, his wife, probably wanted him to be with his family. But we kind of knew that that was no doubt that he was going to play. And he was going to play good, too. So that was something that was written on the wall but it, as our job as teammates we just knew that you know what if he we know he's gonna play so we need to come out here and do our job and be and be perfect if if possible you know? um, was there many moments because i mean you had such a long career and again you, you've broke all the records in green bay that still stand he's the most rushing yards with over eight thousand. you know he's the most rushing yards at lambo which again that goes back to 1921 uh, the longest run from scrimmage the most rushing yards in a game which is 218 versus denver and the most rushing in a season. So, I mean, your stats stand out, but is there a few stories that stand out to you that when you think of your time playing for the Packers that you go, oh, you know, these, these three things are going to live with me forever? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I would just say breaking um, Jim Taylor's record yeah. in 2009. Um, and... You know, what was special of that, because, you know, it had been a couple of years since I had been here, and a lot of people, like for myself, I knew, one, you know, when I went down free agent to Houston, I knew I was going to have the opportunity to break that record. I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Getting back here, you know, regardless of the win or loss, we ended up losing that game against Tampa Bay, but I knew right away that, you know, just being back in that new uniform, I knew it was going to happen. You know, Coach McCarthy, that was one of his goals too. It was to give me that record, you know, and uh, it was just a it was just a culmination of everything that I had worked for, 
and everything that my teammates had worked for. Because for me as a running back, I depend on the offensive linemen. I depend on the, the quarterback and receivers blocking downfield. You know, like I said, like I said earlier, the passing, the passing game complementing the run game. You know, things of that nature. So just you know, just a, a full team effort because it was something that. In some instances, you know, I can't get five yards without, you know, somebody getting cut down by the offensive lineman, you know. So I got to I gotta always make sure I, I give praise to them, which I always did. Yeah, because you did take two years out, effectively, from being the Green Bay legend to go off to the Texans. Again, was that something that was way different than what you were used to and something that you sort of, you know, it was that your heart always lay with the Packers as opposed to, you know, being just a football player that can become a Seahawk, can become a Packer, can become a Texan. Yeah, my I was always a Packer at heart. You know, even I was down in Houston because it was majority of my career was here. I was successful here. You know, and and the fans, I knew the fans very well, and and uh, you know, it was something that it was just uh, getting back here. Like I said, that moment I signed with the team, I knew I was going to get the record. You know. Between, like I said, Mike McCarthy wanted, wanted me to get in there and everybody else too, you know, in the locker room pretty much. Yeah, so because was... time must have been so much different for you, man. I mean, you leave uh, Brett Fires there. Now, granted, in your last year, I think there was, you know, he was humming and hawing about whether he was going to retire or whether he wasn't. But you'd left, gone to the Texans. Again, you came back, you had Aaron Rodgers there. I mean, how different is Aaron to Brett? And can you even compare the two? He's a little bit reserved, I say. He's more laid back than than Brett is. Brett's kind of got, you know, always something in his, you know, mind always got him fired up about something, and he and that's what you love about Brett. You know, he was gonna play hard. You know, he's gonna have fun doing it. You know, he's that was one thing. He always wanted to have fun. He didn't want to just play football and, and be serious all the time. He wanted to make, you know, mix it up, have fun sometime. And he was practical joker all the time with us in the locker room. And yeah loose you know and I think you got to have that you got to have what Aaron brought brings to the game and you got to have what uh Brett brought, brought to the game and for him it worked you know being a, a goofball off the field and then a leader on the field it was something good to have because then you have that change up and then sometimes it helps you play a little bit better you know when the leader on your team is kind of have that relaxed laid back you know time little relaxed part about him but then he wants to have fun you know when the right time when the time is called for to kind of let loose and be loose because then you play a little bit better. You know, yeah. you, know, you know, it's fun. You know, they can have fun. It's not all business and serious all the time. And can you remember any stuff Brett Favre got up to in the locker room? Does one or two gags stand out and you're like, Jesus, I can't believe he did that. Oh, yeah. He did a lot of stuff. Um, I know a couple of times he got me with um, Practical Joke Wise. He got me with uh, changing my name. on. No, no, he actually got me with... Uh, Change it, put in what they call is uh, dried up. It's, I'm a long story short. He basically gave, put a dried up deer urine, a deer urine on my uh, practice jersey. <laughs> when, and he put that on my jersey, Doug Peterson, who was the backup quarterback at that time, and yeah. uh, all as a joke to us for some reason, you know, maybe because he loved us. <laughs> <laughs> But it was part of his being, you know, part of Brett being Brett. You know, he put that on our, and I didn't know what it was because I don't hunt, so I didn't understand. Yeah. I just know, you know, like mildew. You know, it's a meat. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what it was, but it was a joke that he did to Brett or Dale, Doug Peterson, Craig Noll, and a couple other guys. Yeah. That was, uh, quarterback crew. I was the only running back, so I kind of, 
I was like, oh, okay. Well, at least I, I guess he does like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did it to no other position. Um, it was the quarterbacks and then me. So I was nice. like, oh, okay. part of so the club. So he's a lot of stuff before I got there too, but that was some of the stuff I remember. Yeah, I mean, and it seemed like after you were finished with the Packers, you'd broken all the records, Mike McCarthy giving you that. It didn't seem like you were ready to give up football because you went on to the Omaha uh, Nighthawks as well. I mean, is that was that just something that was just fun for you to do at the very end? Yeah, it was fun. And like I said, like you said, I was trying to still play. I thought I could, you know, I knew I could still play, you know, from that point, at that point, actually. I was, I was hoping to, to get picked up by the Packers again, you yeah. know, go there. And be part of that team because that was the team that went to the Super Bowl yeah. and won. So I was trying to be part of that 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 squad as well, but you know it didn't work out, which is okay. You know that's where the way you know sports is sometimes. Yeah. I went from there, but uh, but no, I stayed in the area because I, I love it here. The fans are great, the people are great, and uh, it's just been it's been great ever since. Pretty good living here, you know, family here, and uh, stuff I'm doing in the community with my foundation working with uh, one of the local TV stations and, you know, how I met you guys. Yeah. But uh, it's, been, it's been all good since then. So are you enjoying retirement from football or just still being around the town, still talking football? You know, you still have a massive fan base with being the legend, with breaking all these records. Are you enjoying yourself or do you still get that itch sometimes that you, when game day swings around, you'd rather be out on the field? No, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Def- definitely. I don't mind having time off, you know, doing what I want to do, playing video games hanging with the family, you know, getting to hang out with fans like you guys coming into town, you know, from across the globe, across the Atlantic Ocean, stuff like that. That's just, you can't be a part of that all the time. And I already know with being, dealing with Packer fans, it's, uh, you guys are everywhere and you're a special group. Yeah, well, that's it. Sometimes a little bit too full on, I think, for some people, but you seem to be able to handle it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, what I say to players that can't handle it, I say you got to deal with it as Packer fans, and you can't change them. <laughs> Definitely, I know that for a fact. And so when do you fully kick off your movie career? Because uh, word has it that you're making moves. Um, well, I kind of have kicked off. It's just now just waiting to get the, another opportunity to be in a movie. You know, I've been uh, actually in contact uh, through the years with Zack Snyder and his production company. Yeah. And the casting director. And uh, she, her name's Christy Carlson. The last time I talked to her, uh, they actually fin- just finished up shooting Wonder Woman in uh, in uh, over there, over there in England, actually. So yeah, that, that closed up, and that, so they're now they're in post production, but they are getting ready to have a string of uh, superhero movies connected to the Batman versus Superman movie, um, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Um, Flash, so they got a, a, a quite a few movies coming down the slate to get everybody, you know, amped up that are comic book fans like I am. Because like you're you're an insane athlete and you're still in insane shape that you could kill a man. So what 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 makes you such a comic book geek? Oh man, it's the fun part of it. It's that I don't know. It's the fantasy. It's the what if a pop question. But I know with uh, with me and why Batman is my favorite is because you know he's probably the most real realist superhero you could connect with because he's more he's the only human among the bunch yeah or the only guy that's normal that he didn't come from planet you know planet krypton he didn't you know he's not a part of an amazonian race of of superhumans and stuff like that so yeah you know, he's just 
guy who had tragedy in his life and decided to turn that tragedy into a positive thing. So, I mean, your kids in your household must be delighted because, you know, dad's kind of a big kid at heart as well. I mean, you like to have fun. Oh, yeah, we do fun stuff. Um, Every year, last year, I made it official that it's going to be our families. Um, we're going to go to Comic-Con every year. And nice. so we're on that trip again right now. We're actually already set to go. Nice. Uh, so we got our trip. We got our tickets already bought um, for the Comic-Con hotel set up. Then get our our flight set up to fly into San Diego. But, yeah, you know, it's I, I'm going to do this for the, this part of it for the rest of my life. You know, it's because you get to read books. They're always changing the stories. They're always making them interesting. And, and then eventually they put them on the big screen, which is the cool part. You know, they put them making it into a movie. And does your yeah. wife feel like, oh, no, he's at it again? I mean, here he is. Does she feel like she's living in a house full of kids? Sometimes. <laughs> she, gets, she helps buy, buy the book. She part of the crew into comic-con you know stuff like that yeah and uh she goes on the trip she just got to make sure she 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 wrangles us in when we're out there <laughs> wow you know me and the kids watching going into comic-con seeing all the different uh kiosks and booths set up of all the action superheroes from movies and stuff like that so it's uh it's fun it's fun to go <laughs> So every kid wants to be a superhero, but every kid also wants to be their dad. Have any of your kids ever wanted to go into sport and football? Um, my uh, my stepson, he plays football now over in uh, uh, Minnesota, and so he's kind of going down that path. His his dad as well played football too, yeah, um, and at the college level. So he had kind of has it in his blood to to do it himself. So he's he's uh been working hard at it. At Minnesota. He's a starting running back now at Minnesota State over in Minnesota. So he's just, you know, waiting for his opportunity, which would be this year, his senior year. Like I said, he's the starter now, and he's working through the summer, and he's going to be ready to go. I mean, I'm excited to watch him play this year. Yeah. And, I mean, outside of sport, then, you said you do your charitable organization stuff. So, I mean, who are you involved with? You're involved with the Alzheimer's Association in Green Bay, aren't you? Yeah, Alzheimer's Association. I kind of work with them all over. You know, here in Wisconsin, um, in Green Bay, in Milwaukee, back home in Nebraska as well. So I kind of work with them everywhere I can go because uh, it's not just part of just the Wisconsin, you know, yeah. life struggle dealing with it. It's something that everybody deals with everywhere, all over the world, uh, all over the U.S. and, you know, over in your neck of the woods as well. So that Boys and Girls Club, Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, Big brothers, big sisters. Uh, I work with a lot of different cancer groups, um, childhood cancer, childhood obesity, anti-bullying. Well, myself and Gilbert Brown, yeah. you know, at so that's something. Just you know, I just part of being who I am. You know, being you know, and being part of being a superhero fan. You gotta help out where you can. Yeah, and help help somebody in need. You're like Batman without the suit. Yeah, but I have a suit. So. <laughs> Do you ever wear it and go into some of the kids' charities? Uh, no, not yet. You know, I've been asked to. I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna get a newer one so I can do that. Um, I got asked last year. I, I did this um event that was with Feed America. Yeah. Here, in the Bay Area, actually down in Nina, and the guy, one of the directors there, asked me that I had a suit. I said, yeah. Then it's like, would you put it on and come in for an event and talk to the kids or? you know, sign autographs for the kids. I was like, you know what? I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> they, I would. I'm like, no. I'm like, no, I would. That's 
that sounds fun. It sounds different. I know I've never done anything like that, so I think that would be good. Yeah, good I, we'll be coming over again uh, to see the Cowboys Packers game. Are you going to be around to hang out? Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm a plan to be here. I already, I remember I saw you guys put that on the post on Twitter, so I'm gonna try to do my best to be here for that. Awesome. And are there any plans to come over this neck of the woods yourself? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm gonna be over there in England, actually, um, in August. Nice. For, I believe I'm doing a football camp and some golfing and some and tour of the city, tour of the town. Well, we'll have to show you a tour of some of the pubs that we have over here. Okay, yeah, I'll, uh, when I get there, I get there like August 20th or 21st. So yeah. when I get, when the date gets close, I'll send you all my details where I'm going to be staying and all that. So. Absolutely. Well, man, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm sure it uh, won't be the last, I hope. Maybe you'll come on the podcast during the season and give us your thoughts on how the Packers are getting on. Yep, this is great. It was fun.